Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. All right, welcome back, my friend, to another episode on the More Than Social podcast. I am super excited for this one. If you have been hesitant about going live on social media, if you have been wondering if you should go live on social media to help you boost your business, build that relationship with your audience, to generate more revenue for your business, you are absolutely going to love this conversation. I had a special guest, Ashley Ann from the United States. She is joining us talking all about how do you actually profit within your business using live streaming. So she gave a lot, a lot of tips in here. So I'm super inspired. So I know you're going to be super inspired to go live. And we even touched on different structures that you can do to really maximize the impact that you have with your live streaming. So with further ado, let's bring on Ashley Ann. I'm super excited and enjoy the episode. And if you have any questions throughout it, feel free to DM me. I'm happy to answer anything that you need to know regarding live streaming. If I can't answer it, I'll definitely shoot you towards Ashley. All right, let's get right into it. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the podcast, the More Than Social podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here today. Of course, I'm so excited to dive into the topic that we're going to talk about today. I know that we can talk about a million different things about social media, the online world, building a business online, but I really want to focus on live streaming because I know you've had a lot of success within your business doing live streaming for your business. But before we dive into the actual content, why don't you give our listeners a little insight of who you are, where you're from, what you do, even how you got into your business in the first place. Yeah, so hey y'all, hey, my name is Ashley Ann. I'm actually one of the top social media strategists in the country. I've helped over 800 people create six-figure incomes. Over 170 of my clients have done a million dollars within 12 months. I have four clients right now that currently earn over $10 million a year, and I have 12 that have had million-dollar months. So I love everything about helping people get paid to do things that they like to do or that they feel like they're called to do. And I specialize in the areas when it comes to social media and digital marketing and content creation. So that's pretty much what I do. And I got started because I have a very successful event design and production company. It's called Events by Ashley Ann, which if you go look for me on Instagram, don't, I got to make a new page. I actually, <laughs> my page got hacked and they're holding it for ransom right now. Like it's your page got hacked yesterday. They're holding it for ransom. I'm not going to pay them. I'm just going to build a new page. Um, but, but anyway, wow. so I haven't wow. set my Instagram page back up, but you can still find it on Facebook and all that stuff. That's how I made my first Millie. And that's how I learned I was really, really good at like social media marketing and conversion and all of that good stuff. So yeah. And I'm from, Arkansas. Right now I reside inside of Little Rock, Arkansas. So I'm a country girl. And it's a really cool gig, really interesting because I get to meet people that do everything you can think of, like everything and anything you can think of. I probably have a client that does it. (laughs) That's amazing. amazing. Well, sorry about your Instagram account. That's it happens. I mean, I don't have to tell you it does happen. It's very frustrating. But I always like to look at it as it's giving you that blank slate to be able to recreate. And I don't know about you, but always my stuff kind of falls last when it comes to client work and everything. So I always put my clients first. And so my Instagram is never as 
good as I want it to be. But fresh starts give you that opportunity to kind of use your skills to really blow that up. But how do you manage? So you're still doing the event side of things with that business, but then you also have your clients. How are you kind of balancing those? We'll get right back to the episode in just a sec, but real quick, I wanted to share with you the Spotlight Theory program and how it can help you market your business online and boost your revenue. If you are an entrepreneur who's been feeling stuck about how to grow online and market your business, and you're starting to lose hope that you can actually generate paying clients through social media, then this is for you. The Spotlight Theory is a self-paced 12-week implementation program. In the program, we are building a lead generation system for your business, one that runs for you to attract your dream client, to generate high-quality leads, and then turn those leads into paying clients or program sales on automation. Now, the key is that once you finish this 12-week program, you'll have a system that runs for you 24-7, 365 days of the year. So you'll never have to stress about where your next client or sale is coming from. We have a thriving community of like-minded entrepreneurs from all walks of life and really who are in different industries. As a member of the Self-Paced Spotlight Theory program, you get an all-access pass to all of my best lead generation strategies and templates to help you implement fast. You'll also receive access to our private community and lifetime access to future program updates. The Spotlight Theory is now open for enrollment. To learn more and see if this is the right fit for you, head on over to spotlighttheory.lisaann.ca. There's a full program breakdown there for you so you know exactly what is actually possible for your business this year. I'll also include the link in the notes on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. I hope to see you there, but let's get right back to the episode. I am a big believer in like day partying. And so I actually, I'm serious about my day parts and serious about my time blocks. And it's not, you know, sexy. Like I know online people like to make entrepreneurship look like so glamorous and so amazing. And there are glamorous parts to it, but really you have to be disciplined and you have to be structured. So for instance, Tuesdays is what we call like talk Tuesday in my community. So that's when I take all my new discovery calls. First half is anybody that's on business and social. Second half is if it's someone that wants an event. Then like for instance, Thursdays are site visit days for me. So that's when I actually like pull up, we do walkthrough logistical stuff, planning, site visits, all those sorts of types of things, right? So I have like days for different things. And then inside of the day, there's a time. So like, for instance, I don't take calls before 10 a.m. because the rest of my day gets all crazy. Then whenever like we're in the inbox. So I try and respond to at least 500 people a day. That's my minimum. So I may have from 10 o'clock to 1130. That's literally, I'm just in the DMs, right? Timer goes off. All right, time to get out of the DMs. Then from 1130 to 1230, let's respond to emails. All right. Then from 1230, you know, to a two cut to a 230 block. That's when I'll take like podcasts or interviews or stuff like that. Then, you know, from 2.30 to 3.30, okay, let's have like a little lunch break or catch up with the hubby or whatever it is I'm doing. 
then maybe from like 3.30 to 4.30, it's time to go back into the inbox, finish up any type of calls, like literally the scheduling the day like that. Like there's a time and there's an allotted amount of time for everything. And it allows me to be very productive. And then I also have a team. So when I started, I didn't have a team. I was like a one woman show. But as the business developed, I put people in other places. So I looked and I was like, what are the activities in the company that I have to do that someone else cannot do for me? You know, that's Mm -hmm. normally like in that 20%, the 80%, I could teach other people how to do them. So even though I'm responding to 500 comments a day, we try and respond to like at least 5,000 comments a day. So I need other people to help me with that. Um, If somebody emails us in customer service because they can't get a video to play or something in a, you know, in an e-course they bought from us. Well, someone in customer service can troubleshoot and help them get the video or send it to them in a different link, right? Someone to handle the fulfillment. So my mom runs my fulfillment center. So she's in charge of shipping out like all of our mugs, all of our glasses, all of the planners, all that kind of stuff. And then she works with Jessa and they help hunt down like bad addresses and stuff like that. I love automation, but you still need the human touch in your business. So once you get so far, right, and you're like, okay, the company's growing, let me get somebody else in here in these places, then, you know, you start building your team. So I have my day parting and my time blocking. And then I have people that are assigned to specific tasks to make sure that the ship keeps going. Amazing. I love how you said like everyone tries to make entrepreneurship look glamorous. Yes, we, there's benefits for sure. I, I love it. But it's yeah. the dedication. Like you said, you have to have that structure. If you're going to feel lazy one day, you just don't want to work. Sure, that can happen. But your business isn't going to get to that spot that you want it to be at. So definitely having that structure. Mm-hmm. Love how you block out your days, having specific days to do different things, but also having that structure inside those days of what you're actually going to accomplish. Because I mean, I understand from the automation side of things, I'm big on automation, I love it. But the automation doesn't mean that you never have to work again. It just means that you have systems and processes in place to help you get things done quicker, but you still need to one, run your business. And like you said, two, have that human touch. So love that. And I love how you broke all that down. I hate this thing that you see on social media where people are just like, yeah, you're going to run a completely automated business and you can just go hang out at the beach all day. Like it's just, you're going to have a whole automated mess (laughs) and you're going to be bankrupt. You're going to be living on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, there's such a misconception out there with automation, I find. And even like, so I run Facebook and Instagram advertising and some people are like, okay, so I'm going to place an ad and I'm going to make millions tomorrow. Right. It's like, well, yeah. no, that yes, that's our goal. We want you to make millions, but it doesn't happen overnight. It's not just a click of a button, magical, now you're rich. It's like, there's still things you got to do. So there's so many misconceptions, I'll say that, out there with the online yeah. world. Amazing. Now, from a, from a live streaming side of things within your business, how do you kind of incorporate that in and what kind of results have you seen focusing on live streaming for yourself, even for your clients so- too? I love live streaming. I try and encourage people to live stream, even though people like have anxiety about it, but it is the fastest way to start making sales. We literally have clients all the time that go from zero sales, zero audience, zero viewers. And within a six week window, they literally are making thousands of dollars and you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of followers to do that. So the thing about live streaming is it helps 
build the no like and trust factor with your audience like 10 times faster because people are able to see your body language they're able to hear your tone you're able to make you know i had to say like eye contact but it is you know if you're looking in the camera they're looking at you they're like oh she's looking you know right at me you're able to practice a one-to-many right like old school business is one-to-one. So I have to make a phone call. I have to do an email. I have to show up at a meeting. Well, when you're live streaming, well, now instead of it being one-to-one, it could be one-to-thirty, one-to-ten, one-to-a-hundred, one-to-a-thousand. So that's a big benefit. And then also if you have like a physical product or if you're a service provider, you're able to do demos. You can, you know, you can like do tutorials. You can answer questions because I believe if one person has a question, that means at least a thousand more people have that question. So you're able to like go through objections. You know what I mean? You're able to turn your no's into yeses so easily. And people can really get to know like your personality and start building a relationship with it, which is really important because live streaming gives you the ability to have relational transactions instead of one-time transactions. And Mm -hmm. that's a huge benefit to social media. So if you have a customer and they purchase from you three or four times within that year, right? That's much more like that puts your business in a much stronger position compared to somebody that purchased from you one time and they never had any other interaction or engagement with you outside of a text message or email. So therefore they don't feel as connected or you're not at top of mind whenever they need, you know, whenever they need whatever it is that you have. Yeah. I also feel like from a live streaming perspective, it's you're you're not scripted. So a lot of people like yeah. I have a client, he hates going live. He's so scared about going live and it's so he's like, Can I just pre record videos and then I have my script and I'm confident and showing up that way? Yes, that's gonna help you get content out there and get you familiar with even being on camera, kind of get you over that scared hump. But when you're actually live, it's it's not scripted. So people can literally see how you're mm-hmm. hanging out. And it's it's like they're hanging out with you. If you're hanging out with someone in person, you're not going to be like, oh, wait, let me read my notes first before I actually explain <laughs> this. It's like you get that personality. So I feel like a lot of people are so scared to go on camera. And I get it. It's hard. The first mm-hmm. time I went live, I did it by accident, actually. It was right when lives came out. And I remember I was lying in Mexico and I was reading a book and I happened to press the button. And I was like, oh, what's this? All of a sudden it starts to count down. And I'm like, oh, what's <laughs> happening? And then all of a sudden it's like, you're live. And I was like, okay. So I just dove right in. And it was one, awful. Two, it was humiliating because I had no idea what I was doing, but it kind of gave me that push. So I, I get that people get scared of it, but it also allows your personality to shine. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, like my first live, I think everybody's first live stream is awful. Like mine was terrible too. Like I I was, I was like, okay. I was like, so I'm live. I was like, this is weird. Cause this is the first time I had ever spoken out loud and no one, you know, like there wasn't a person there to talk back to me, even though there are people on the screen, but you know what I mean? It's not like an in-person person. So it felt weird. It felt very awkward for me, but you know, over time you just get more comfortable, you get used to it. You kind of flesh out like, what do I want my live streams to be about? What community do I want to talk to? How do I want to be able to service or assist people? What's the tone of the conversation that we want to have? You know what I mean? You just get more comfortable. And then for me, something that helped was going to other people's pages that were in my live and I would watch like their stories or their live streams. So I know it sounds really weird, but like even in my live streams to this day, when people are commenting, I can 
read the comment in their voice. So it's, so it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like I'm by myself. It's like, it's a party <laughs> of people and we're all, we're all here hanging out, you know, having the conversation with one another, but that helped a lot because it felt very, um, I just wasn't used to it. I had never spoken mm-hmm. out loud, you know, with, with another person, not in the room before I live streamed. And so that was, that took a second for me to get used to. Cause I was like, I feel like a crazy person right now. Like I'm speaking and, there's not an audible voice to speak back to me, you know? So once I got past that, it was smooth sailing. But girl, my first live stream was a whole mess too. Like a whole hot mess. There was no topic, no organization. There was no structure. There was no call to action. I was just like, all right, y'all. Like, I guess I'm done talking. Bye. And I just ended it. It was was terrible. Yeah. So for anyone listening and you haven't gone live yet, just know we all start somewhere and then you just can get better as you go. So don't stress about it. But we've all been there. So keep that in mind. Now with live streaming, so you mentioned as you kind of get more familiar with it, you're going to start to look more in depth from the structure and making sure you cover different pieces of the puzzle when you're going live. Is there a specific structure that you follow now when you go live? Yeah, for me, it's always intro. Well, I'll say acknowledgement. I think it's very important to acknowledge your live stream audience. Everybody wants to go where they're seen. Everybody wants to go where they're heard, right? Everybody wants to go somewhere where they feel like they're amongst friends or community. So you can't acknowledge everybody that's coming into the stream, but I normally take the first, you know, couple of minutes to say hi to my regulars. And then I normally ask if there's a new person, tell us your name, where you're from. I will shout some of them out. And then, you know, I have my regular audience help to welcome the newbies that are there. So acknowledgement is typically first. Then through acknowledgement, we get into an intro, like this is who I am. And this is why I'm talking to you about this subject and what we're going to cover today. And then from there, we start getting into whatever the topic or the content is. If I'm having a sound off session, that's when other people can come up in the live with me and they know it, you know, from the title and they get in there and they can talk about whatever we're talking about to the conversation, however they want to. And then sometimes I'm like, Hey, y'all take your questions and put them in the queue because it's going to be a stream that I'm kind of going to be directing, you know, everything that's happening that day between your content, you want to do a reintroduction because in live streams, new people are constantly coming into the stream. So like, let's say you're going to discuss five bullet points that day. Probably after the second bullet point, I would do a reintroduction. After the fourth bullet point, I would do a reintroduction and maybe your offer or something like that. And then I would get through number five. And then I'd say, hey, if you found this helpful today, here's the call to action. Whether that's downloading my podcast, getting on my list, purchasing something from me, you know, coming to the store, whatever it is. You're going to hit them with a call to action at the end. And then if you want to go into questions during the questions, that also gives you more of an opportunity to push people into your offer. Love it. I love it. And I like how you said, like, reintroduce yourself because you're right. People are going to jump in and leave and come and go and whatever the case. But if you're not continuously welcoming them, I feel like they may be like, oh, I missed the whole beginning. Maybe this isn't for me. So I feel like reintroducing that kind of will help solve that side of things. Now, what about a platform specific for live streaming? Have you found a certain platform online works better than others or what's kind of like the rule of thumb of platforms? No, like live stream is if it's a platform it has live streaming, once you start live streaming, you're gonna see your platform grow really quickly. Mm-hmm. It does not matter if it is TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if it's live.me, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you are live streaming, your audience is going to grow. 
period. I think it's more about just figuring out how you want to connect with your audience. So like, for instance, if my audience sees me in my office, they know that we're more on business stuff, right? If they see me, you know, sitting on the floor in front of the couches, they know we're probably going to have a chill scope and we're going to talk about dating or relationships or what they're cooking for Thanksgiving or what, you know, whatever, like we're just downtown, downtime, right? If they come in and they see both of the chairs set up, they know I got a special guest. So I think it's really more about cultivating an experience for people mm-hmm. so that way they know what they're getting from you. And really, I don't think a lot of people think about this, but I think you do need to have a goal of how you want people to feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like when I'm going through business stuff, I want people to be entertained because business is not typically that exciting. I want them to feel empowered. Like I can go out and I can take these steps because she broke it down into small pieces for me. And I want them to feel, I want them to feel motivated. Right. So that's, so that's my whole thing. So all of my conversation, even the way I deliver the content, I want to make sure that it's relatable and I'm not intimidating people. Right. So I don't get on my streams. Like you'll see some people and they're like, we're here to talk about business. And they got on a suit and they got a tie and they got, you know, like a laser pointer and all this stuff and more power to them. But for a lot of people, that's intimidating. I'm here to help the average person that, you know, maybe has some self-doubt because they're like, well, I don't have, you know, a master's degree or I don't have 20 years in business experience or, you know, someone that's just counting themselves out whenever they really are prepared and they do have everything that they need to get out. Now I'm like, hey, I'm sitting here in my house talking to you, making millions of dollars through the live stream. You can sit in your house and make millions of dollars too. You know what I mean? Like, let's set it up. You don't have to have a full-blown studio. You don't have to have teleprompters. You don't need, you know, a producer to produce your show for you. Like, let me show you how to use these tools where you can do it on your own. So, and everybody has their niche, right? But for me, I need my audience to be comfortable. I need them to not be intimidated. You know what I mean? When they come in the space, I need them to feel like they're amongst friends. So I think when you're live streaming, it doesn't really matter the platform. I just think it matters more of the experience that you're creating for your audience. Love it. I love it. And I love that you said that sometimes you will do the business talk, but sometimes you're just chilling on the couch. So that kind of brings up a thought of what should people actually live stream about? If they have a business, it doesn't always have to be about business. So how do you know kind of what other topics to throw in there? So I tell people to follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of your content should revolve around your core offer. So whatever that core offer is, whether it's a book or a podcast or you're selling, you know, body butters or scrubs that you're making from scratch. Okay. Just whatever it is. Um, if you're a service provider, right? I have the event design and I have the social media agency, right? Like just 80%. And so anytime you can answer for people how to do something is always a good topic. If you can share with them like the ingredients or the supplies and information about that, always a good topic. If you can talk to people about why they're not getting results and how to shift it so they can get a positive result, always a great topic on the business side. If we can talk about what's happening in the industry or what's happening in the news or what politics and how that's going to directly affect your audience or impact them, always a good topic. I like to call that interpretation because what I've found out over the years A lot of people don't really understand what things mean for them in their day-to-day life. And they're just like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." but they really don't know. So if you can create an environment where people don't feel ashamed to ask questions, 
always. So do interpretations like, hey, you saw Jerome Powell talking about this from the Treasury today. Well, this is what he was really saying, and this is how it's going to affect you every day. So for instance, I talked to small business owners. So I'm going to say, if you're a small business owner, I think it's time to do XYZ Elemental P. So if you can do an interpretation with some suggestions, always like really great live stream topics. Also tapping into how people feel. So like, what are the common stages? Do people feel challenged? Do they feel discouraged? Do they feel excited? Do you feel overwhelmed? What things are they feeling overwhelmed or excited about and saying like, hey, I've been there too. And when I was going through that, this is what happened to me or this is what I did. And, you know, this is what you can do to be able to progress past that. Story times, because people love a good tea. Okay. They, they want to tea about whatever it is. So if you got a story time related to your business, especially one of your fails or your mistakes, and that again, gives you the opportunity to say, this is why I'm an expert in this or knowledgeable in this, or I'm a resource. And then on the social side on that 20%, I would tell people to make a list in of what you're comfortable sharing. And that's what you can broadcast about. So like me, I'm a pretty transparent person, but some people are very, very private, you know, and they're like, I don't want to share everything. So if you only want to like on your personal side, if you only want to talk about like your dog, you know, and cooking or what type of coffee you're having, then that's fine. And that's what you share, right? For me with my marriage, you know, a lot of people, I recently got married and they're like, oh, are you guys going to have a couple's channel now? And I was like, no, I was like, I don't do that. I was like, I don't want to invite other people into my relationship like that. We have a really good relationship. We're really happy and I want to keep it that way. You know, I've seen people have these relationship channels and it's literally like the demise of their relationship because you have the court a public opinion in there. And I'm like, no, we're really happy. You know, every now and then Corey will make an appearance, maybe like in a travel vlog or when we're talking about real estate or something. But even for like a few months when we were dating and we had become official, I didn't tell anybody. Like it was like a whole serious conversation. I had to get them prepped for like online and people being in this business. <laughs> All that stuff, yeah. especially on Instagram. I have over a million followers. It's, I was like, it's way more of them than it is of us. So I was like, I was like, you got to be ready for how this works. And then when he popped up, everybody's like, oh, they're like, y'all are going to get married, which I mean, they were right. <laughs> but I, I felt very differently about him. But all of the men that I dated before, I never would post them. Not even in the stories. I never would tag them. If they would comment on my pictures, I wouldn't even respond to their comments because for me, I wanted to be able to keep my romantic relationships, you know what I mean, to myself. Yeah. Like I would have yeah. streams where I would talk about dates I had been on and stuff like that, but I never wanted to share that. So it's okay. You know, I'm telling y'all because some people think you have to share everything online. You don't have to share everything online. You're allowed to say, this is something I want to keep close to my heart. This is something that I value. You know, and I just want to keep it to myself. If I have like health issues and stuff like that, I normally don't share it to after I've overcome it because I don't want, you know, the other stuff yeah, that comes yeah. from it. So, but if yeah, it's something exactly. with like decorating my house, cleaning, us going on vacation, traveling, when I'm cooking or preparing for the holidays and stuff, you know what I mean? Like I absolutely positively will share that with my audience. So I would say make a list mm -hmm. on the personal side. What are you comfortable sharing? Right. And so mm -hmm. now you got your 80% of content on the 
that's related to your core offer. And then you got the 20% that allows you to be able to build a relationship. And so people, cause it is social media. So you got to socialize in there. Okay. <laughs> so people yeah. are like, okay, I can relate to him or her. And I like them because of X, Y, and Z. And people feel comfortable with you because they're like, okay, you know, this is Lisa is my friend. You know what I'm saying? Ashley Ann is my cousin. Like that you want them to feel that way. And so you do have to have that part in there. There has to be a little bit of like your actual personality. Yeah, yeah. And I always like to say what you would tell a stranger on an airplane kind of also help you decide what you would tell your social media followers. Oh, girl, I don't know, because people tell me wild stuff on plane. <laughs> I do have like a trusting face, a trusting energy or something. People just sit up and people just open up to me about everything. But that's like everywhere in my life. Like, no matter where I go, people, they're like, what are you thinking? I'm like, why are you telling me all this? <laughs> I don't know, girl. Some people, they get too personal on the plane. I think because in their head, they're like, yeah. this is a stranger. I'm never going to see them again. So I'm just going to spill it off. <laughs> Yeah, just dump it all on you. See, I'm completely opposite. I'm one of the private people. So I'm like, okay, yeah, if you ask me a question, I'll give you a little bit, but I'm not going to blurt it all out. <laughs> oh, no, girl. They were telling me everything, okay? To one night stands, to who was cheating on who, to, the, you know, what's going on with their kids. And like, I was, just, I was like, I guess I just got one of those faces or something. I don't know, but... <laughs> I mean, it makes for a good story, though. So that's awesome. (laughs) So I'm curious from so I love all the topic ideas. That's amazing. But from a time standpoint, is there any like, do you recommend going live every single day? Is it a couple times a week? Like, have you found there's a good rule of thumb? Or is just as much as you can? So I'm Okay, I guess I'm like very aggressive in things that I try to pursue in my life. So my first three years of live streaming, I streamed every day. The only time I had a break is I ended up getting like laryngitis or something. And it was like a three day window in three years that I did not stream. When I say every day, every day. I still, to this day, as busy as I am, I still try and stream at least three times a week. I'm going to put out some type of video content every day through like stories or shorts or reels or TikTok if I can. So for me, it's very important to be connected to your audience. If you're like, there's no way I can stream every day, I would tell you to at least dedicate a minimum of one day a week. And if you're going to do one day a week, then it needs to be a structured day. You need to be like every Tuesday at 10 a.m., you know, you pull up on me right here. This is where I'm going to be. Um, if you can get to three times a week, that's even better because, you know, that way people are in communication with you because you have to think about this. You have the ability to really integrate yourself into somebody's life through social media. A lot of my followers, they see me and talk to me more than they even see and talk to like cousins, families, siblings, stuff like that. Because yeah. every day you're going to see one of my posts. Every day you're going to see a short or a reel. And when I stream, because I do tactical information, like actual steps or tips and how to's and stuff like that, our training sessions are like anywhere from like, 40 minutes to an hour. So we're spending a pretty extensive amount of time together. But there are some people, they just stream for 15 minutes. They get on, they're like, hey, here's your Monday motivation. Or, you know, I just wanted to show y'all how we were working on XYZ or here's a thought. But a lot of us that are kind of really trying to build relationships with our audience will stream anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes. 
easily. Wow, that's actually a long time. I was gonna, that was my next question is how long should they be? Is it worth it yeah. if it's only gonna be like a five minute spiel? I think it's how you've conditioned your audience to consume content. And so, you know, if you don't have anything to say, don't get on there and force it. That's going to be very weird and awkward and obvious and it's going to work against you. You know what I mean? So if it's like a little five or 10 minute tidbit, there's nothing wrong with getting on and say, hey, y'all, like, I'm just going to take five or 10 minutes of your time because I have little short ones that I do called parking lot pimpins and they are super short. I'm always in the car. You know what I mean? Like we hitting and quitting a topic. Then I'm like, all right, y'all, bye. <laughs> you know, I'm out of here. So if, it, if it's short, say, hey, this is going to be really short. I just wanted to share this with you. You know, I'm such and such. This mm -hmm. is what I do. Boom. Here we go and get into it. You know, if you found that helpful, you're going to love the next episode of my podcast. Or if you found that helpful, you're going to love my ebook. Go click it or, you know, send me a DM. Bye. But yeah. normally if there's something you're sharing, like if there's like a hot topic for your community, if there are like three to five points you're trying to hit, if there are important steps, you know what I mean? If you want like, okay, well, this is the wrong way or this is why you have an issue this is the right way and why you're able to get done like honestly it's very easy by the time you get into acknowledgement your intro and getting into the topic even if it takes you like 15 or 20 minutes to get into it you have a 30 minute stream just like that and then if you decide that you're going to take questions from in the comments that easily depending on how many questions you have could turn into another 10 to 15 minutes of just answering people's questions. So a lot of people think like, oh my God, what am I going to talk about? Well, you don't have to really talk the whole time. You give your presentation, put the information out there. And as you're responding to people that are in the comments, that's going to help fill in, you know, the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So you mentioned some of your call to actions are you're going to love the next podcast episode. How do you incorporate your podcast and your live streaming? Like how many, oh, first of all, how many times does your podcast go live a week? Is it, are you doing once a week or what are you doing? So I like to be on other people's podcasts. They've been trying to make me have okay. a podcast for years. I don't want to do it because I live stream all the time. I'm like, no, okay, I'm like, gotcha. no, thank you. I'm like, get okay. some, like, get somebody else to do it. So I'm probably, I probably appear though on like four or five podcasts a week of other people okay. inviting me to their podcast. And then okay. I do, you know, my duty, I will promote it. Like when the podcast comes out, I put a link in my bio. We put up clips from the conversation and stuff. And I'm like, hey, y'all go check this out. And you would promote your podcast the same way you would do like an ebook or a paid offer or a free thing. Yeah. You just got to be intentional and have a plan. So let's say week one of the month, you're focused on building up your community. So maybe you're going to really push people over to go and listen to the podcast during that week. Like you're not offering any paid product. You're not you're just like, hey, go listen to the podcast, right? And then to supplement that, you may say, we're going to have an open discussion about this podcast. So maybe you have people listen on Monday and Tuesday and on Wednesday night is the open discussion, right? And people that listen to the podcast, of course, they're going to be excited to come and chat. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. now you're love building that, up, yeah. you're building an experience instead of just saying, hey, go listen to my podcast, which is what most people do. Then now let's say now we got the opportunity to make an offer because maybe in your podcast, like we're going to use today, for example, we're talking about live streaming. So maybe you have like a live stream cap. I have a course that's called live stream to profit stream, right? So 
I may say, hey, Lisa, I got live stream the profit stream and I really appreciate you for bringing me on here. Is this something that you want to offer? If you want to offer, you know, maybe we can do a JV or percentage or something like that. So you may say, okay, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to offer the live stream to profit stream. So we're going to have the open conversation on Wednesday and Thursday nights. And throughout them, we're going to do live stream to profit stream, right? And people can get cool. in. And then I may say, and on top of it, I'm going to make it 50% off for your audience. And then on Friday, you may say, hey, Ashley, do you have time? to come Friday on a live stream and me and you can have like an open conversation about live streaming. We can answer some questions that our initial podcast prompted to people, blah, 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 blah. And boom, bada boom, bada bang, we can get it done. Does that make sense? So like creating an experience. Most people are just like, oh, just listen to my podcast. But if you have like a plan, especially if you're a smaller podcast or a newer podcast, that's how you start the process of monetizing podcasts. FYI, nobody asked me, but that's free game for you guys that are listening. Because <laughs> a lot of times, you know, if your podcast doesn't have a certain amount of audience, you may have a hard time selling ads or getting big sponsors. They come eventually, but those people come with numbers. But if you're really passionate about what you're doing, you got to find a way to make some money, you know what I mean, in between now yeah. and then, right? So then you yeah, may get to yeah. the second week and you'd be like, okay, you guys, we got another podcast episode. Go and listen. And in this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about, you know, um, how to build your confidence to start to start live streaming or to start your own podcast. And maybe you have a podcasting package. So you're going to give the tips. You're going to say, y'all, make sure you go listen. Wednesday night, we're going to have our open discussion about it. And then that week, you're going to promote your own product, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. the next week, you may come on and you may say, okay, I'm just going to live stream Tuesday and Thursday this week. And we're going to be focused on, we're going to be focused on time management skills or something like that. And maybe you got a journal or planner you want to promote to people. So mm-hmm. literally, you're always going to position your live streams around the offer and that offer can float. So I always teach my clients, like you're going to plot out your month. So you may have one offer you're focused on all month, or you may have like one offer for the first two weeks of the month, a second offer for the second two weeks, or an example I just gave offer one, I'm going to push this program so I can get, you know, the affiliate because it's a way for me to make money for my channel. Because maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you're at a point where you have like, I don't know, maybe like 50 listeners or a hundred listeners or something like that a week. Well, if three of those people buy, you probably just made yourself a few hundred bucks, right? Or maybe even a thousand or $2,000. So then the next week you say, okay, I'm going to push my podcast kit. The third week, I'm going to push my ebook or my journal. And I'm going to push the same thing the fourth week and so now there's a system. And so when you get it, when you're getting on, you know what your call to action is going to be during that stream. Amazing. I love it. And it's like, it's looking more in depth of how you can utilize the content and expand it over the weeks or the month or whatever you're going to do versus just like, hey, here's one day of content. Go listen to it. I love that. Yeah. And that's what most people think. They're like, well, I already posted it. I'm like, okay, but you posted it that one time. Everybody didn't see it, especially when you post on social media, only 7% of your audience even saw what you posted. And that's if you're lucky, if you haven't gotten suspended or shadow banned or whatever else could happen. So like I tell people the same, for the same, you know, offer or call to action or whatever the conversion is you're trying to have, you need to make like 12 or 13 pieces of content for that one thing. So that way you're pushing it. So like if I have a receipt or a testimonial, I realized a few years ago, whether I give people 60 new testimonials of clients, or if I give them one, I still was making the same amount of sales. So what I did is I was like, well, instead of 
exhausted myself with all of these interviews and stuff. And we still do interviews for the testimonials. But instead, I'll take one now and I'll post the initial screenshot from the client. Then the next time I may post it with like a video and I may show, you know, the receipt and me doing some explanation. Then the next time I may do like a picture of the client. I may, you know, put it like in a carousel or something like that. Same receipt. But like there are all these people that still haven't seen it. So literally using that to carry across. And it's the same thing with any of your content. You can take a live stream. You can turn a live stream into a blog post. You can turn the live stream into sound bites. You can turn the live stream. If it's a really, really good live stream with helpful information, you can divide it down and turn it into little modules and write paragraphs and exercises and have your first mini course you can give to someone. You can take the same live stream. If it's a series, you can repackage it together and sell that live stream. So there's so many, you can take the live stream if you have permission of like a group you're in on Facebook or Discord or LinkedIn or something and say, hey, I actually just covered this topic two days ago in my live stream. Anybody needs help with it? Go watch this. And if you got questions, DM me or put them underneath this thread. So you can take the live stream and use it to like for exposure and to generate leads. You can do so much with a live stream. And a lot of people think like, oh, I just streamed and that's it. Like, no, like make your content work for you. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think you nail it on the head. It's like, take that one piece of content, use it multiple times versus trying to reinvent the wheel all the time. I feel like everyone's always like, oh, new, 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 new. But it's like, if you have that one piece of content that you know was extremely effective, at least at one time, then it's going to be effective the 15 other times that you use it. It's just hitting on the different mm -hmm. people in different ways, which is, that's marketing. You're saying the same thing over and over and over again, just in a different way. Yeah. Now, so when someone goes live, do you ever recommend going live on multiple platforms at once or do you focus specifically on the individual platforms? Like I know there's programs out there that you can live stream on multiple. Yeah. I love simulcasting. I'm a big fan. Like, why overwork yourself? <laughs> like, if you can go live on five different platforms at once, do it. As long, as long as you are comfortable, you know what I mean? Like with that pace. So when you're first starting, I may say just start with one platform. I wouldn't tell somebody to start off and be like, yeah, go live at four places at one time. That's, that's a bit much. But when you just start, pick your platform, your favorite one, go live there. Maybe you'll do two days a week on one platform, two days a week or something on another. But as you get more comfortable, I absolutely positively am an advocate for simulcasting. Before they even created these softwares where you could go live on a bunch of platforms at once. I just had a bunch of different devices. And so I literally back in the day would be live on like Periscope and Instagram and Facebook all at the same time. And Periscope would be on my iPad and like Facebook would be on my laptop and Periscope would be on my phone. And I would have like all of them propped up and I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, if y'all see me looking around, it's because I'm on different <laughs> devices. Right. And that was before though, they started creating softwares that would allow you, you know what I mean? To just I can look right here in one camera and I can stream now on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and you know what I mean? And maybe put my tablet back here because because you still got streamed separately on TikTok. But before then, yeah, girl, I'd have all my devices up and I'd just be going. I'd be like, all right, we finished the live stream for the day. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. It's kind of awkward where you're like looking this way, you're looking this way. But I mean, we had to do yeah. that in the past. Um, yeah, that's what we had to do back now? in the day. Streamyard <laughs> yeah. is really nice and IO is really, really great too. I feel like it's like very user friendly. 
Like you don't really have to have any tech skills to be able to get in there and figure out StreamYard. Like, I mean, you literally need no technical ability. Like it prompts you and guides you through everything. It's like connect your Doom to connect your Facebook, connect, connect your LinkedIn. It's like connect the group. And then like literally click which ones you want to stream on with little pictures. Click, click, click. Like so I like yeah. it because I feel like it's right. really I feel like it's really user friendly, even if you want to give a presentation, if you want to have multiple people on the screen at one time. I just think I just think it's really easy to use and it's not intimidating. Now, with that one, if you're going live with someone else, so let's say that we did a live together, can you stream with other people on StreamYard or do you have to be on an individual platform to do that? You can stream with other people, but I think IO is better, like where you can like plug in so it casts to all of y'all's at one time. Okay. I was asking that personally <laughs> for me because I'm thinking, yeah. okay, Ashley, yeah, we have to go live and do this live stream after this podcast episode goes live. So look out for our content because we'll clearly follow that structure that you just put in place. But honestly, you okay. gave a lot, a lot of tips here. So thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. I always like to end off my interview episodes asking one question. So if you could give a fellow entrepreneur any piece of advice, it doesn't have to be digital marketing, social media, anything, just any advice that you can give a fellow entrepreneur, what would that be? Oh my God. Just one piece of advice. <laughs> oh, geez. Hard to pick one. Usually it's like, oh okay, what's the best one? The best one I'm going to say work on having a positive mindset and you know, I'm not talking about just saying affirmations to yourself because people feel like if they have a vision board and affirmations, they're like, oh yeah, I bought some answer. I'm manifesting. Like, no, like literally start studying the behaviors of people that you aspire to be like and aspire like how they educate, like study how they educate themselves, study the areas they educate themselves in, look at their morning routines, pay attention to, you know, what do they do to stay motivated? Is it spirituality? Is it song? Is it dance? Do they ground? And then how they prioritize things and organize things. So that's what I, that's what I would like. Mindset is like actually the way that you think about stuff. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I, you know, I say my affirmations every day. Like, no, that doesn't mean that you're positive because you say your affirmations every day. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you, when you see something, do you, are you in a place of how can I help? How can I assist? Or are you approaching situations with what can I get from this? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what can you do for me? Because a lot of us people that are super successful and happy, and let me be clear, I don't define success as money. There's so many people that have money and they have fame and they have whatever they want and they are miserable. They are not happy humans. Success to me is if you have gotten to a place where you have like you're financially stable, you are at peace, you have very, very valuable and strong relationships. And, and, and I'm talking about any type of relationship, you know, familiar, romantic, friendship, you know, collegiate, whatever, like, but you have strong relationships and, you know, you're finding yourself in mutually beneficial relationships, not relationships where you're the only giver. When you're like really happy, like you wake up every day and you're like, man, I am blessed to be on the planet Earth. Today is another good day. Even if I have a challenge, I'm still happy. I'm in a good place. 
that's success. You know what I mean? And I and I want to be very clear because just because somebody has a Lamborghini doesn't mean they're successful. And I'm not knocking people with Lamborghinis. I own a Lamborghini. I have a Lamborghini. I got a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I got a Maserati. I have I have a G wagon. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so I'm not saying that, but I I feel like in the era of social media people equate success to material things. And I know so many people that have material stuff and they're not happy. You know what I mean? So I would say focus on having a positive mindset to where you are on a path of things that make you happy, that make you fulfilled. And also you figure out a way that you can do that so that you have financial stability, right? Everybody doesn't want to be a millionaire. Some people are going to be happy making $200,000 a year, living in a house that they've paid for in cash. You know what I mean? Having time to spend with their kids, having time to spend with their spouse, being able to go on vacations, you know, with their friends, see the world, being able to serve and make a difference in people's lives. Like that's what makes some people happy. And that is fine. You know what I mean? And there's somebody else that's listening to us today. They're like, I don't want to be a millionaire. I want to be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? And in the pursuit of that, that's what's going to make them happy. But literally just find people that are truly successful and learn from them and watch the way that they move. Because I will be honest, I think when you look kind of look at frequencies and alignment and stuff, a lot of people that are truly successful, we're very, very similar kind of with like what we value, the way we operate, how we handle tasks, the way we prioritize things, our ability to follow up, right? And our ability to not get shaken when something happens that doesn't go our way. Yeah, I I absolutely love that. And like that mindset piece, it always comes up with any entrepreneur. It's always the mindset, 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 but also... I like how you said not everyone wants to be that millionaire or billionaire. It's like find also what's going to make you happy and then aspire to do that. You don't have to continuously reach for those massive materialistic goals if that's not what you want. But if it is what you want, then you can also reach it and you can go for it. It's just a matter of surrounding yourself with the same people, too. I find that helps, too. Oh yeah. And you have to, and you have to figure out what that looks like for you. Like for me, I've decided unless there's another way I'm going to do it probably through like stocks and trading or whatever, but I have no, I have no desire. And when I was younger, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to build this up to a company that does $50 million a year. I have the opportunity to do that. And I don't want it. (laughs) I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to do the time requirement it's going to take for me to do that. I don't have a desire to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and this is, I'm just talking to y'all. This is me personally. Like personally right now, I'm ready to start having some kids. You know what I mean? I want to be an active mother in my children's lives. I don't want them to, you know, have a greater attachment to the nanny than they do to me. I want to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, go to my cousin's birthday parties and get togethers and game nights and stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't have to sacrifice a lot of that to build up, you know what I mean? The business that I've built Mm now. So I'm like, okay, I want to be able to maintain. I want to be able to give my team like adequate bonuses and raises so they have a good quality of life. And I want to have a good quality of life filled, you know, like my friends, my fun, family experiences. I, I have enough money. You know what I'm saying? I have enough money. Like, you know, you get to a point, it's like, well, how much money do you really need? You know what I mean? I have enough money. My life is very comfortable. It's very amazing. I go where I want to go. I stay in all the finest hotels and resorts. I fly around on all these amazing first class and business class flights. I have a fleet of cars at my disposal. Every year at Christmas time, I do 
you know, we do groceries with strangers. I spend like fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars on my own money shutting down grocery stores and buying groceries for people. I, love that. I do holiday bill pay. I give back my community in between one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty thousand dollars just at Christmas and on my birthdays. I'm buying people laptops. I purchase homes for people on the low. If there's political projects I believe in, you know what I mean? I'm getting people bailed out of jail that are pro that are like nonviolent protesters and stuff. So it's like I have the money to be able to do good and impact my community in ways that I want to. And it's like you get to a point though, and, and this is a, not everybody, but for me, I'm like, yeah, I literally know what I need to do to make my business earn $50 million a year. But I look back mm -hmm. at my life, like my work structure, when I was making like three to $5 million a year, I only worked four hours a day. I had figured out how to make $5 million a year working four hours a day. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at that. I'm like, mm. yeah. I'm like maybe I want to go back to that. You know what I'm saying? Like very comfortable <laughs> life, very happy, doing quite well. And I was still able to impact, you know what I mean? My community and mm -hmm. people around me in a positive way to use my money for good stuff. But like, yeah. okay, like, okay, then you get to $10 million a year. Then you get to $15 million a year. Then you get to $20 million a year. And then you're like, okay, well, okay, now I'm working because I put this goal in my head of I'm on a company that generates $50 million a year, but at what expense, you know, do I have to take to get to this $50 million a year? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And yeah, some absolutely. people, they and may like, say, go ahead. I was going to say, if, when you're getting to that stage where you want to have a baby, I just had a baby, so I completely align with Oh, congratulations. It's, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's the best thing in the world. And like, honestly, having that business structure behind you that gives you the ability to be home with your child and be present and only work that four hours a day. It's, it is the biggest blessing that you probably like, I know you realize it, but you're going to realize it even more when you actually have the baby. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So, and that's, that's something for everybody that's listening, you know, just, do your best to figure out again, what makes you happy? What's a happy life for you? Not what society tells you you should have, not what social media tells you you should have. And it's really easy to get caught up in like kind of like chasing the numbers or building like, I'm going to build this as big as I can get it. But like, why? You know what I'm saying? If that's not your calling, it doesn't like, it's fine. You don't have to. Nobody says you have to have a company that earns 50 millions or a hundred million dollars a year. You know what I mean? Nobody says you have to have a company that makes a hundred million dollars a year. I know people that have companies that make, you know, I'll say the company brings in somewhere between 400 and maybe 750 a year and they're perfectly happy and they have the most amazing lives and they have time freedom. You know what I mean? And they are living a great life. They may not leave the country six, seven times a year, but they are able to take their family on a vacation out the country maybe once a year. And then they go on two or three inside. Like it's it's like, y'all, I'm just saying, figure out what makes you happy. What does that look like? And then start melding your mind to get to that. Absolutely amazing. I love all of that. Um, so to end off today, why don't you tell us where people can listen to your live streams? Oh, yeah. I'm at King Ashley Ann in these social media streets. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok are the primary social media platforms that I hang out on. Um, I try to stream at least three times a week. So you guys want to join my commas club is 100% free. It's where I send notifications. Um, you can text the word commas with the letter K. K-O-M-M-A-S, and you can text that to 501-285-8966. 
It's 501-285-8966. I'm not going to ask for any credit card information or anything like that. Um, but literally, whenever we're doing a training on anything from, you know, setting up your first custom link tree to, you know, building out a structure for you on social media or coming up with your digital brand, you'll get alerted of the live streams and you can come on in if you feel like the information is relevant to you. Amazing. I love it. I will make sure to put all that in the show notes as well. So you guys will have that. But honestly, Ashley, thank you so much. You've given us so many great tips for live streaming. Pay attention to my social media. I'm probably going to go live now just because you've inspired yes. me. So thank you so much. <laughs> I, need to, I need to make sure I have the notifications on so I can make sure I'm in there yeah. when you're going live. <laughs> amazing amazing well thank you so much again like i said you gave us a lot of great tips guys if you are listening make sure to look out for ashley on instagram or any platform the king ashley and is her handle again i will put that inside of the show notes for you but again thank you so much ashley i greatly greatly appreciate you and it was fun to chat with you fun to chat as well bye y'all Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.